0: It's my pleasure to introduce your commencement speaker today, Dr. Stephen D. Mason, someone that many of you already know. I would say he is a man who is living a life faithful to his calling and to his talents. Dr. Mason is a scholar. He's a leader. He's a minister. He's a family man. He's a wonderful colleague. Dr. Mason earned a Ph.D. in Old Testament studies from the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Already he has an impressive record of publications, including contributions to the important theology of, theology of work in the Bible project. He is a leader. He's the provost and vice president of academic affairs here at Letourneau University, and that means he oversees all academic and student support functions on this campus. He's a licensed minister. He's an ordained elder at One Hope Presbyterian Church here in town. He's a wonderful husband and dad. His wife, Bonnie, and he have three children, Caroline, William, and Christopher, who are all here this morning to heckle their dad. Be nice to him now. For me, Steve Mason is a friend. He's enjoyable. He's capable. It's my blessing to work alongside him every day. And it's my blessing to introduce him as your commencement speaker. So give him a big Laterno welcome, graduates. Steve Mason.
1: Wow. Um, Well, I'm honored. Uh, It's a privilege to be a commencement speaker. And I just so appreciate those words, Dr. Lunsford, and the invitation to, to do this. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a privilege, and it's great to have um, my family here, uh, because I often get the question, Dad, what do you do at work? So kids, about 11 o'clock every day, we all gather in here, and we get in our robes, and we, you know, we do something like this about every day so i'm glad you could make it today i'm really glad for their support and their love and their prayers not only for me but for you and for this university uh they're the biggest blessings of my life you know graduates if you talk to alumni from decades ago they used to call mr and mrs letourneau mom and pop and i hope That after your time here at Letourneau that we all feel like family to you. I would hope that it's less about doctor or professor and maybe more like Grandpa Lifer, (laughs) Great Aunt Naus, Cousin Daniel Ostendorf, and then you always have that uncle. You know, you kind of have to learn to love that crazy uncle. Yeah, Uncle, leaving good. You know. I hope that in your time at Laterno, with all that all the time we've got to spend together, that we've become more like family to you. And because this time at Laterno has been quite a journey, I suppose for you, you've developed familial relationships and there's been things you've had to overcome, and there's things that God has done in your life, and when you consider how you've grown from the day that you began until this very moment, and you think about all that you've learned inside the classroom, outside the classroom, I believe that you will consider, when you look back upon your life, that you'll consider this to have been a mountaintop experience for you. You've accomplished a lot. you finished strong. Or at least you finished. (laughs) And God has done something really special in your life. And perhaps this, in some ways, is the pinnacle of that mountaintop experience, this day, which represents so much. It's a celebration, it's pomp, and circumstance, it's music, and it's stringed instruments, and it's speakers. I suppose that one day you're going to look back, I really believe you're going to look back and say, this was a mountaintop experience. Experience And hopefully this graduation ceremony is the culmination of that experience. But as you heard read out of Deuteronomy 1 a few minutes ago, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country. Go to all the neighboring peoples. In the western foothills and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the great river. See, the Lord says, I have given you this land. Graduates, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. And because of that, today is a celebration, but it's also a farewell. Did you know that the book of Deuteronomy is essentially a farewell message. It's a good luck. It's a book of best wishes. It's a book of don't forgets and a book of remember what you learned. The book of Deuteronomy is Moses' last lecture. It's his commencement address to his family. It's a farewell. For Moses, to his people, having left the mountain and now finally at the brink of the promised land. And within this great book, we find several great things to remember as we leave this place and as we advance forward into the world. There are many wonderful reminders, but I'm going to highlight just three. That's for you, Bruce, who was asking me how long this was going to go today. How many points do you have? Three reminders that we learn from Moses' last lecture, his farewell address. Number one, as you advance, remember, we aren't going with you. Newsflash, we all have to stay here. Everyone back here, we've got to stay right here. Now, some of you, I heard an amen earlier. Some of you are greatly relieved (laughs) and are thinking, thank you for not coming with me to my new job in Iowa. We see it's hard for us that we've got to stay here because we can see in you a bright future. We want to go too. And we imagine what the Lord can do through you and in you. And we've begun already to see what he started in you. Moses felt the same angst in Deuteronomy 3. It says this, "'At that time I pleaded with the Lord, "'O sovereign Lord, "'you have begun to show to your servant "'your greatness and your strong hand "'for what God is there in heaven or on earth "'who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. "'Let me go over and see the good land "'beyond the Jordan, "'that fine hill country in Lebanon.'" But we don't get to go. And that's hard for us. You see, what we see in you is that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Don't believe people that might say something like, all the college years are the best years of your life. To me, that's a very narrow and maybe even malnourished vision for you and for human flourishing and for God's kingdom. The best is yet to come. And that's why we often wish we could go with you, but Moses and all of these mentors back here, well, we'll have to stay here. So you're going to need some courage, and you're going to need some strength, and you're going to have to take risks. I'm fascinated by turtles in part because in order for them to move, they've got to stick their neck out there. They can't stay in their shell, and all of you are embarking upon new environments, new situations, and new careers and workplaces, and you may feel some anxiety about that, and that is natural. I felt those same anxieties when I came to Laterno years ago, and even now, as one of the leaders of the university, I can really relate to Peggy Noonan, who was a speechwriter for President Ronald Reagan in the 80s who said that she went through a three-stage reaction to working in the White House. Stage one, I hope nobody figures out how stupid I am. <laughs> stage two, after a few months in the White House, hey, I'm, I'm as smart as everyone else. Then a few months later came stage three. Oh my gosh, we're in charge? <laughs> it's no different being the provost of a university. Go through those same emotions. Yes, you are going to be in charge. You have the reins, you have the baton, you have the torch, you have the conch in your companies and in your ministries, in your homes, in your churches, and in your neighborhoods. But here's the great part. You're ready for this. Be strong and courageous. Because it's your turn and you can do this because the same God who worked in the lives of each of these mentors and in your own and in Moses and in your own life here at Laterno, since you've been here promises it to work powerfully in and through you in the future. Do you have it to remember at the end of Deuteronomy where it says this, Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him, and did what the Lord had commanded Moses Has a student life staff member or maybe a global advisor or a professor ever put their hand on your shoulder, perhaps, and prayed for you, but even better, maybe prayed over you? Would you like for them to? It's not too late. You can grab them after the ceremony. You can track them down. You can tap them on the shoulder Turn them around and remind them of your name. And then say, will you pray over me? And they would love to do that. Your mentors would love to lay their hands on you and pray over you. Because don't forget, Moses parted the waters. But it wasn't too long after that that Joshua did too. So, we aren't going with you, but the Lord is. He goes with you and before you, and He will conquer your enemies and help you overcome obstacles and abide with you through setbacks and give you all the resources you need to accomplish His purposes. Deuteronomy 31 says The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And remember, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So as it says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So farewell. We aren't going with you, but that's okay. The Lord goes before you and is with you, and He will be with you just as He has been all along during your time at Laterno. And because of that, here's the second reminder of this farewell book. Remember, whatever success that you achieve is a gift. You all are highly capable people, obviously. You wouldn't have gotten here if you weren't. And some of you are going to do some extraordinary things. You're going to change workplaces and towns and churches. You're going to invent and discover and innovate. You're going to find solutions. You're going to reconcile. You're going to overcome obstacles. You're going to break down walls. You're going to build bridges. You're going to disciple and mentor and lead. You're going to reach and extend and break through and inspire And some of you may be given a platform. Some of you may make millions of dollars. Some of you may become famous. Look around to one another. But actually, you really can't tell by looking. Some of my colleagues up here know that one of my best friends from college is a guy named Chip Gaines. You probably know that name, Chip and Joanna Gaines. They're the hottest celebrities on HGTV. And I first met Chip on the baseball field in college. And then we grew to be close friends over our four years. And I was a groomsman in his wedding. He was a groomsman at my wedding. And we're still good friends. And when I see him on the cover of People Magazine and of Texas Monthly, and I see him on the Today Show and at Jimmy Fallon, I smile because when we were sitting where you are, neither of us could ever have imagined what God was going to do. But I can assure you of the truth of Deuteronomy 9 when it says this, After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going to take possession of their land. The Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everything you achieve is a gift due to God's covenantal love for you and his kingdom. Everything you accomplish is a gift because He loves you. His own bringing you to Himself in Jesus is out of His love for you. In Deuteronomy 7, it says unequivocally, "...the Lord did not set His affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the others." for you were the fewest of all people. It wasn't because you were strong enough or because you were going to win anyway, but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And the same goes for any success or status or wealth. That you achieve. Let us not be fooled. It says again in Deuteronomy 8: When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. What you achieve when you leave this mountain in advance is a gift. Now, graduates, I want all of you to look underneath your chair at the moment. In fact, your left hand, down at the the left, one, for one of you, there's, there's an envelope there. It's on the, the leg of your, of your seat. There's an envelope. When you find it, hold it up. Hold it up high. We got it right here. Okay, open it up. And tell us what's in there. It's a $100 bill. It's a $100 bill. Congratulations. You're getting the hang of it right? Everything you gain is a gift. That's how it works. It was nothing that you did. It is all gift. Now, you might consider giving some of that back to the university. I mean, you've got, <laughs> I mean, that's, don't forget Dr. Zetlow. I can show you where his office is and Everything we gain in life is gift. God is the one who brings success. It is not brain. it is not brawn. it is the Almighty. And so my final farewell reminder: thus is this focus on making the right choice today. Dreams and goals are only accomplished one day at a time. You see, the wonderful things that are in store for you, the best that is yet to come, is actually not in the distant future. They start today and then tomorrow. You see, if we find ourselves dreaming too much about this great, future, some grandiose plans that we hope comes to pass, we might actually be asleep. Your bright future isn't five or ten or twenty years away. It starts today. And the most important choice you make on a daily basis is to make the Lord your life. Deuteronomy 30, which was read earlier, For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's from the end of Deuteronomy. The Lord is your life. Choose that life today, follow after Him today. Love the Lord and listen to His voice today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Make that choice today. Not five years from now, but right now. The future is just a string of days attached to one another like a line of freight cars on the tracks. String them together. Therefore, let's give each and every day to God. And not attempt to live in the future, no matter how bright that future is. According to C.S. Lewis, the greatest struggle of the Christian life is daily. One of my favorite quotes The real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on all day. Standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings coming in out of the wind, we can only do it for moments at first, but from those moments, the new sort of life will be spreading through our system because now we are letting him work at the right part of us. If we can find success before our feet hit the floor every morning, then we're on the right track. It's listening to God and pushing back the wild animals. It's listening to God's voice rather than the clamoring of the world. Remember what Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And so, graduates, farewell. It's time for you to move on from this mountain. Remember, we aren't going with you but God will go before you. Remember, everything you achieve is a gift. And remember, choose real life. Listen to the Lord today. Make the Lord your life today and every day, and it will go well with you. To the glory and praise of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.